0: We're not saying that the way you live doesn't matter, guys. What we're saying is that God accepts you independent of your performance. What we're saying is that God loves you independent of your performance, that God has already decided to make the blessing available to you independent of your performance. Now, here's the deal, however. While God doesn't deal with us based on our performance, what happens is that there are blessings that will show up in our lives to the the degree that you and I align ourselves with what Jesus has already done and that you and I align ourselves with with what God is seeking to do in our lives. And so, the, the the rewards and benefits that come as a result in us walking in God's will for our lives, guys, they come simply as more of the manifestations of His favor and His gifts being bestowed upon us, guys. And it is not a reward in the sense of us having deserved something. Now, I really want you to see the distinction... You say, Alex, why is this so important? It's important, friend, because, because you gotta understand that in this life as a believer, you never want to slip into, into the merit system. You see, The marriage system is is the old covenant. It is you thinking that you got to earn or deserve things from God, but when he talks about the reward of the inheritance, how many of you guys know that the inheritance is not something you earned or deserved? You see, glory to God, the inheritance has been made available to you as a result of the finished works of Jesus Christ. It is simply the blessing, the favor, the provisions, and the victory that Jesus has already made available to you. But catch this now, friend, in order for us to walk in that, that we got to line up with what God wants to do in our lives, you see. And so, what we do matters, how we live matters, and there are blessings of obedience. Obedience, guys, is a very important thing still under grace, <laughs> praise God. You see, because you being obedient to God simply means that you are receptive to what He wants to do in your life. And child of God, I want you to understand that the greatest good that you will ever experience is when you walk in God's will for your life. You see, you say, well, Alex, you know, I thought God loves me no matter what. Yes, God loves you no matter what, But, you see, God loves you so much, He wants to guide you into the very best that He has for you. And in order for Him to do that, it's going to require our participation. And so, anytime you read about reward in Scripture... It is not suddenly, well, Alex, now I got to earn the blessing. No, it's always talking about the reward that's already, or excuse me, it's, it's talking about the inheritance, the reward of the inheritance that's already been made available to you and you simply stepping into it by lining up with what God wants to do in your life. Are you guys catching that? It's the same thing when you read about the rewards that we get when we get to heaven. You know, the crowns the Bible talks about in heaven, well, that's something that's already been given to you as a gift. But you see, the 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 pattern here is always that God's already made it available, but now what's required is that you step into it. You see, that's the way you got saved. You see, Jesus got on the cross 2,000 years ago, salvation was already available But then what happened was you had to line up with it, and the way you lined up with it was you said, Lord, I believe. You see, Lord, I receive that now, and and that's how you got saved. And that's exactly how we are to live our lives as believers. And guys, this is so huge that maybe at some point we'll have a chance to really kind of do a teaching where we're just going to look at a whole bunch of scriptures that seem to be, or that oftentimes are interpreted in kind of a works-based perspective. But what we're going to show you is that it's all grace, man. You see, it's all grace, because remember, it's always going to be the context of a scripture that's going to determine the application of a scripture. And you always want to look at scripture through the lens of the finished works of Jesus Christ. And that's the grace of God, guys. You see, if you guys understand that, say, Amen. Type Amen into the chat section. Glory be to God. And so let's jump into this here this morning, and I'm going to review some more scriptures, and then we're going to just get a little bit further into this teaching here today. Amen. Uh, Turn with me, guys, to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, and we'll uh, we'll be ready to kind of jump into this here this morning. Someone says, Alex, I thought you had already gotten started. Guys, I'm just laying a strong foundation here. <laughs> the Lord has shown me to always lay a strong foundation to just kind of get us all on the same page. But but Hebrews 10.29. Now, now, we're asking a question here. And the question we are asking is, how do I live this life of grace? Uh, Alex, in a very practical way, how do I live this life of grace? And the first point here, if you want to take notes, is is you live this life of grace by recognizing that everything you that God gives you everything that comes to you from God comes to you as a gift it is never going to be something that you earn or deserve now what we've been zeroing in on last week here is that everything comes to us as a gift from God and that includes the blessings that have been made available to you the promises that have been made available to you in Christ but friend, what we want to get you to see here is, this is also true of morality, or moral character. We really want to zero in on this here this morning again, guys, because you know one of the one of the things about grace that people sometimes misunderstand is is that people think, well, Alex, if if you're if it's all going to be grace, if you're going to be preaching all this grace there's no longer going to be any, any holiness. you know. There's no longer going to be any kind of moral character. Well, guys, we want to show you again today that that is not correct. And we want to actually emphasize again here this morning, guys, that the objective of grace is still holiness. Catch this now, child of God. The, uh, the objective of grace is still holiness. And so, in other words... You know, this old thing that people would say, well, grace is just going to give people a license to sin. Well, praise God, Alex, uh, you can't just preach grace because we need holiness, you know, we need morality. Uh, we need these moral standards. Now, hold on, guys. I agree with that wholeheartedly, okay? <laughs> you see, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Morality is still what we're after. The What people would call Christian conduct is, is still what the goal is when it comes to grace. But here's the deal. The mistake that we have made in the past is, is that we thought, well, Alex, I'm under the grace of God, but when it comes to morality, when it comes to me beginning to live a holy lifestyle, well, that's going to come down to me. In other words, that's going to be my discipline. You know, that's going to be my self-effort. You know, that's going to be my willpower. <laughs> you know, you're a Christian, act like it, kind of like that. And you're just kind of struggling now to act like a Christian, whatever that means, you know. And, and, and so, and so what happens is, you know, you're, you're, you're defaulting back into a performance-based mentality because you're trying to live according to who you are in Christ. But, but here's, here's, here's where the issue is, is, is that, is that we, we can never mix grace and the works of the law, the works of the law is performance and self-effort, and so the issue is that you cannot actually, um, you can't actually achieve through your self-effort and performance moral character. It doesn't work. You see, it just doesn't work. And so, how does it work? Well, guys, the challenge is that we thought that morality in the Christian life is going to come as a result of the Ten Commandments. You see? And, and, and and so, and so here's where the issue is, is uh, that, that morality, however, doesn't come as a result of the Ten Commandments because that was the old covenant. In this new covenant, guys, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit man who has taken the place of the Law of Moses, and it is the Holy Spirit who actually administers holy character in this new covenant. You see, you want to understand that. It's the Holy Spirit. Because the fact is, too, and I want to emphasize this, That there's nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments. This is a controversy in the body of Christ. It's like, well, Alex, are we under the Ten Commandments or not? Well, the answer is we are not. It's very clear that we are not. If you look at Second Corinthians chapter three, you will see that we are not, that the Holy Spirit has taken the place of the Ten Commandments, but there's nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments. But here's the deal. When you begin to live your life trusting in the, in the, in the, in the Spirit of grace working on the inside of you, well, what he's going to do is He's going to produce holy character in you. And what's going to happen as a result is you're going to live by the Ten Commandments, but it's going to be without you trying to keep the Ten Commandments. Are you guys, are you guys catching that? You see, it's not going to be you struggling and striving to perform by a certain set of rules. No, it's going to be the Spirit of grace working on the inside of you, transforming you from the inside out. If you understand that, say amen. And so look at what he says here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. I just want to look at the very last part of this verse in the Amplified Bible. The very last part of this verse, just for time's sake here. And notice what he says at the very end of this verse. He says, the Holy Spirit who imparts grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God. Take note, the Holy Spirit He's the spirit of grace. The King James says here, spirit of grace. But the Holy Spirit, glory be to God, he imparts grace. Alex, what does that mean? It means that grace, guys, is not a subject matter. It's not a curriculum. It's not a teaching, guys. No, grace is a, he's a person. Because how many of you know, the Bible said in John chapter 1, that Jesus is full of grace and truth. And so grace is a person, Jesus guys, glory be to God. But grace is also a spirit, the spirit of grace, And so, the Holy Spirit imparts grace, because the moment you get into Christ, what happens is Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you, Holy Spirit takes up residence on the inside of you, and what He is doing is He is changing you, He is transforming you, He is molding and shaping you uh, from uh, the inside out. And so what this means, guys, is that grace is a living reality that is alive in the heart of every born-again believer. And so this is why we are not under the law, guys, because, you see, the Ten Commandments, and, and there's a distinction, thank you, Lord, of course, between the Ten Commandments and the rest of the Law of Moses. The Law of Moses was not only the Ten Commandments, but it included the Ten Commandments. And so, when you are trying to live by a set of rules, guys, well... You know, rules and principles can tell you the right thing to do, man. It can give you a set of rules to follow, but it's only the spirit of grace, guys, that's going to be able to produce authentic change and transformation on the inside of you. You see, it's only the spirit of grace that can actually, that can actually do that. And so, and so it comes down to how do I live this life of grace? Well, I live this life of grace by depending on the working of the spirit of grace on the inside of me? And guys, that's all relationship. Look at Romans chapter 15 verse 16 in the NLT real quick here. Romans chapter 15 uh, in the uh, NLT verse 16. And notice what Paul says here. He says, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. And he says, I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, watch this now, guys, made holy by the Holy Spirit. Made holy by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of us. And guys, how many know that God always finishes what he started, you see? And so the the way you live your life is, as a believer, is you live it in the same way that you got born again, and that it was by you putting your faith in Jesus, Now, the moment you put your faith in Jesus, Holy Spirit came on the inside of you. He caused you to be born again. And now the way that you live your life as a believer is you want to participate and cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is, is doing on the inside of you. You see, look at Romans chapter seven, verse six, also in the NLT. Romans chapter seven, verse six. And so how do I live this life of grace? I live the life of grace by putting my faith and my confidence in the spirit of grace on the inside of me. And um, it is a pretty radical truth, guys, that, um, that you cannot actually live this life of grace without the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is is crucial. And as we shared with you last week, this life of grace, guys, is really the spiritual life or the Spirit-led life. You see? You see? And so, and so it's always going to come down to my relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so what I want to show you now, guys, is is that the Holy Spirit has has taken the place of the law in the life of a born-again believer. Look at what he says here in Romans chapter 7, verse 6. He says, But now we have been released from the law, watch this now, guys, for we died to it, and we are no longer captive to its power. That's awesome, guys. And now we can serve God, watch this now, Not in the old way, take note of old way, if if you have your Bible, underline old way. We're serving God, not in the old way of the letter, but the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. And so notice the distinction. Old way, the law, the letter of the law, the new way is living in the Spirit. And so he says we were released from the power of the law. Alex, what does that mean? You see, the the thing that we want to cover here, real quick guys, we shared with this a couple of weeks ago, but I want to just emphasize this again, is that there's nothing wrong with the law. The law of Moses, you know, does exactly what it was supposed to do. But what people have to understand is you got to understand the reason, guys, for why the law of Moses was given. And the reason why the law of Moses was given was not to make us holy. The law of Moses was simply given to show us our need for a savior. Glory to God. The law of Moses was given to show us that we needed some help. Look at Romans chapter three, verse 20 in the New Living Translation as well. Because what the Law of Moses is, guys, is performance and self-effort. The Law of Moses is you have to do to try to get God to do. And if you don't do, well, then God's not going to do. And so the law of Moses puts the pressure on you. And the reason God gave that law, guys, is that it was in order to show us that that approach can never work. You see, our default position as fallen human beings is that we want to put our trust in ourselves. (laughs) You see, we want to to be able to feel prideful. You know, we want to feel like we earned it or deserved it. And, and, And so that's the whole issue. And so God needed to show us, guys, that that can never work. because the standard of God is too high, you see? And so any time that you're operating in a performance-based mindset where God is concerned, you're always going to be setting yourself up to failure. Why? Because you can never never live up to that standard, you see? Look what he says here, Romans chapter 3, verse 20. He says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. And look at this. The law simply shows us how sinful we are, (laughs) you see? And so the law simply shows you That you in your own self can't perform to be okay with God. Now, the reason why this is, guys, I need you to catch this here this morning, is because man was never created to function effectively apart from God. I want you to really take this in, which is interesting because we live in a world, obviously in a society which thrives all on, you know, you, just, you know, be you, is what they say, (laughs) you know, and and that's fine, you be you, okay, Uh, what we're saying is, however, that you want to be you in Christ, okay, you want to be you, the you that God created, and so, and so God never created us to function effectively apart from Him, and so what happens is, is when we are trying to be good without god when we are trying to perform to earn something without just receiving it as a gift from god we will always fall short because man was not created to function effectively apart from god and so and so man apart from christ man outside of christ is always going to fall short and so the law just shows you that you see you see the law just shows you man that you can never perform perfectly the, the the very interesting fact is is that the law is is self effort and performance because it puts the pressure on yourself and guys any time that you're overly focused on yourself it's going to produce some sin in your life you see if it's all about me if my attention is always about me well you know i got to look good i got to make an image for myself or Whatever, you know, I I gotta gotta focus on what people think about me. Well what that what what that's gonna do is it's gonna make your motives impure and sooner or later it's gonna produce some sin. And so when you're always focused on yourself, well I gotta perform right, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, well the world might applaud that guys, but in the eyes of God that's never gonna work because it's always gonna produce some sin. You see, and so you are delivered from that power of the law because you are in Christ, and you now can live in a way where you're simply trusting in what God is wanting to do on the inside of you. Look at 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty six, and then Romans chapter six verse fourteen, in the King James. First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty six, and I will show you that the law actually strengthens or gives power. To sin and grace, guys, the spirit of grace enables you to be free from, from sin, free from, from, from the bondage to sin. Look at this. First Corinthians 15, 56 says, the sting of death is sin. And watch this now, guys. The strength of sin is the law. Now that is huge, guys. That is huge. And and that's for anybody who still thinks, well, Alex, praise God, Brother Alex, the law was given to make us holy. No, we must uphold the law because we we require its moral standard. You know, (laughs) hold on, guys. No, like I said, we believe in morality, but it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do it. And he says right here that the strength of sin is the law. And so any time that you are living In the pattern of the law, you're going to keep yourself in bondage to sin. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 14. Romans chapter 6, verse 14, also in the King James, says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Watch this now. For you are not under the law, but under grace, guys. You're under grace. And so, again, the contrast, notice the contrast, under the law, sin had dominion. And so anytime that you're struggling, striving, and performing to live by a certain moral standard, you are actually just, you know, he, here's the thing, even if you do well in a certain area, where well, are going to fall short in some other area. Or you're going to do well, you know, you might have gone through a whole week without cussing, whatever the case may be. But then something happens, something cuts you out, some, someone cuts you off in traffic and, and there you go. You see, it's because you're trusting in your own performance. And the fact of the matter is that trying to follow a set of rules and regulations can never produce holy character. Something deeper was needed. The Holy Spirit is the one who produces authentic heart transformation. And guys, he goes to work. The very moment that you and I got into Christ,